0: Good evening and welcome. The program is Subject ACT on your People Powered Radio, 2XX FM 98.3. I'm Sophie Singh and it's great to have your company on the program as we explore local, current, and community affairs from a global dimension. Tonight our program is all about singing and zooming with the first of a two part special report on local choirs and their journey through this very strange year of 2020. Canberra Choirs Singing Through the Pandemic is co-produced by Glenda Wadsley. In a choir or know someone who does? Chances are that you do, given that in pre COVID times there were at least 35 choirs singing across Canberra, ranging from auditioned choirs to community hubs welcoming all comers. The choirs are drawn together by location, type of music, age group, social cause, or just for the love of singing. Singing together in a group can be great fun and it has been shown to have positive effects on our mental and physical health. And this might be just what is needed in a world where loneliness, even before the pandemic, was considered a growing problem. With the current situation potentially increasing our isolation, choirs and the social connections they foster are needed now more than ever. However, choirs have also been shown to be a potentially high-risk environment for the spread of COVID-19. And with choir members tending to be older, they're also more vulnerable to the virus. In today's story, Canberra Choirs Singing Through the Pandemic, we explore how some of our choirs have fared this year, with COVID-19 forcing us all indoors and away from social gatherings. Given the popularity of choirs in Canberra, it was beyond our resources to speak to all of them. However, we did connect with members and or conductors from six Canberra community choirs. And over the course of this program, you'll hear from Chrissy from the Bushlarks Choir, the Canberra Hospital Choir and the Canberra Community Chorale. Louise, Jen, Pam and Carol from the Pop-Up Choir. Johanna and Meg from A Chorus of Women and Manirat and Lyle from the Spence Community Choir. Our thanks to all these choristers who shared their stories about how the pandemic has affected and continues to affect them and their choir. Now we may not have gleaned the full story and we're sure there'll be more to tell in the coming period as we come out of lockdown and choirs look to establish a new normal. But let's start at the beginning. What is the attraction of singing in a choir? We asked our choristers how they feel about singing in their group.
1: I just love the interaction with other people. I love being able to sing in four-part harmony. I find it's just a lovely thing to be able to put it all together. It's just really magical for me. I just love it when we practice all the different parts and then we all come together and it's just wonderful. I really enjoy it.
2: I've been singing since I was a child. In primary school, I discovered singing in harmony and I got addicted. <laughs> I love singing myself in harmony and in ensemble, you know, this tight harmony and this sense of that, it just clicks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I love working with people and uh, helping them to find that harmony amongst each other. So I love conducting, of course, but it doesn't have to be conducting. It can also be developing and letting other people discover it for themselves. So I love doing that. Pop-up choir member Louise and Johanna from A Chorus of Women
0: echo the comments of soprano Tanya De Jong, who said that singing in the shower, in the car or at a gig has the power to release sheer unbridled joy. Singing in harmony with other people, however, takes things to another level. For Jen from the pop-up choir, making connections is the key and Carol, fellow pop-up member, derives great enjoyment from a sense of achievement.
1: I get
3: social interaction from the choir and, well, I've had a stroke and, well, I've moved to Canberra, and I want to find a group that accepts me for who I am and I found it in Rachel Hall. (laughs) One of the highlights of my life since graduating back in 2010 was singing at the High Court last year. I can honestly say as a self-gratification thing that the effort you put into it, even if you don't want to go to practice after a hard day at work or if you have to travel, even if you don't want to do it, the end result is
0: really worth it. For Meg, a chorus of women combines her passion for social justice with her love of singing. Music's always been important and has always come
4: fairly naturally to me. I just love harmonising. And I think for me, discovering a group of people who are passionate about music, passionate about justice and and peace and the citizen's voice in the world and finding a community to be a a core support group for each other. So those three strands probably, the music, the sense of community and the speaking out about things that we think are important, came together.
0: For Pam, singing in a group nourishes her soul.
5: A good way to explain the feeling is think about what I do on a cold Canberra winter's night when I head off to choir in the dark and the gloom and think, oh, I don't really want to go. It'd be nice to stay home and watch Netflix or something like that. But then when I'm driving home, it's completely different. My spirit is uplifted. It's something about the heart. I don't know that I can especially... Explain it, but it's definitely a very personal thing as well, in terms of the joy and the uplifting nature of it. I suppose it's a spiritual thing, really, not religious spiritual, but you know, that tapping into the spirit. So, on the one level, it's the community thing, but it's also a a very personal thing as well.
0: That was the pop-up choir at the High Court on the 1st of September 2019, singing an original Stephen Taberner song, Glory, led by Rachel Hoare, pop-up choir conductor. And at the start of our story, we heard another piece from that same performance, Sing You, written and conducted by Rachel Hoare and performed by the pop-up choir. Which beautifully accompanied our introduction. What people are describing at a very intuitive personal level about why they love singing in a group is backed up by research that has shown that singing collectively can decrease symptoms of anxiety, stress, and depression. The social bonding experienced when singing with others triggers feel good hormones such as endorphins and oxytocin, which in turn boosts our well being and our immune systems. And studies show that people with strong social relationships have a 50% increased likelihood of living longer. Remarkably, this effect on our life expectancy is equal to more accepted risk factors, such as obesity. So, singing is not just good for our mental health, our physical health is also improved when we sing together. Choir conductor Chrissy Shaw is very mindful of the relationship between singing together and well being and relishes her role in supporting others.
6: What I find about it is that you are enabling people to do something that is, has been proven to improve well-being. So that's one of the things that I really get out of doing this, particularly with the choirs of older people, because I tended to work more with older people. It's just that feel-good thing that happens with singing, particularly singing in a group and particularly singing in harmony. It's being able to facilitate that for people, and so you get a buzz from it yourself, as well as knowing that other people get a buzz from singing together, both as a participant and as a facilitator,
0: I get a tremendous amount out of it. For Munirat of the Spence Community Choir, bringing community together is central to what the choir means for her. I just want everyone... To be part of the social network, you know, people who are lonely but good at singing or not good at singing, just come, yeah, and be part of the community. What prompted Munirat to establish the Spence Choir in the first place? The choir started in 2008. I just felt inspired by the Choir of Hard Knock that was established by Jonathan Welch. Our choir is non auditioned so anybody who wants to sing just turn up and enjoy themselves what about the others what drew them to get involved in their choir each choir has its own history and each choir member has their own journey we asked Lyle from the Spence Community Choir what motivated him
7: I got involved because uh, Maniot found I could strum the guitar a little, and uh, said I could use a guitarist for my choir. So and that's how I got involved. I didn't see myself as a singer at all. In fact, I'd been told by my family that I can't sing, <laughs> don't sing. <laughs> but Maniot is very encouraging. He says anybody can sing, and now I sing a lot, and I, I, my singing has definitely improved over the years. And uh, we've got a little singing trio now that also goes to nursing homes, and uh, I, I sing solos over the mic now, and I never th- never saw myself. I was doing that. So that does give myself more confidence as a person.
0: Johanna was there from the inception of A Chorus of Women in 2003. I've
2: been directing music with A Chorus of Women since really the first year when they started. It sort of happened to me because my friend Glenda Clochley rang me about a week before the 18th of March 2003 to ask whether... I would be interested in singing a lament for the people of Iraq in Parliament House. Everybody could see that the Iraq war was coming. And I said, absolutely, I'm going to sing a lament. So something like that. So 150 of us found ourselves in Parliament House on the 18th of March when John Howard announced the participation of Australia. And we found ourselves singing this lament with people watching and with Japanese tourists with tears in their eyes. In the evening on the 7.30 report, Fran Kelly announced that a chorus of women had sung in the foyer of Parliament House. After that, Glenda said, I think we've started something. And we all had the same sense. So it began and we thought, oh, a chorus. And Glenda said, the chorus was really the voice of the citizens in Athens and it was a democratic voice and they sang into the theater of democracy of public life and they said what was going on and what they thought should happen. So we thought well this voice has been missing in democracy for a while so we consider ourselves as the voice of the thinking and feeling citizen. Meg joined a chorus of women shortly
4: after. I've been in the chorus almost since the start. It's an abiding regret that I didn't quite make it to Parliament House, but within a month or so I was was part of the chorus. I guess we talk about being a chorus rather than a choir because of the idea of the chorus that Johanna mentioned of, of being the voice of
0: the citizens. Chrissy Shaw has a long history with choirs in Canberra. She's currently conducting the Canberra Hospital Choir and the Bushlarks Choir, a choir that brings together people with Parkinson's disease.
6: I started conducting choirs in the kind of mid-90s. I think the first choirs that I was involved with were the Sirenes in a very early stage. In about the mid-90s, I was asked if I would be interested in conducting a union choir. And that choir went for 17 years. Um, I had three choirs at one stage going. I've conducted the Heart and Soul Choir in Tuggeranong, but before that I was working with a, a choir that was run by the Tuggeranong Arts Centre. So it's a lot of little bits and pieces. Music is always interlaced in everything that I've done. I've been conducting a choir at the Canberra Hospital for probably four or five years. Most of the choir members are staff. Um, people who do come in from other areas as well and we sing to patients and to the general public. Last year I started to work with a new choir of people with Parkinson's disease because it's very very important for those people to keep using their voices they lose their voice and singing has been proven to sort of not halt the process altogether but to kind of Slow down that process of losing the voice.
0: If you've just tuned in, the program is subject ACT on your people-powered radio, 2 FM 98.3. I'm Sophie Singh, and we're listening to part one of Canberra Choirs singing through the pandemic, a two-part special report on how our local choirs are faring during the COVID-19 pandemic. Carol and Pam took different paths to the pop-up choir, but both ended up there in the end.
3: I've been a regular member uh, since 2017. I joined casually in 2016 and I joined it because I live almost next door to it, so there's no effort (laughs) needed. My former supervisor introduced me to the pop-up choir and that's how I joined.
0: Could you hear the pop-up choir sing from your home? I
3: think one day I was walking home late and I I heard them. I also heard the Monday night Zumba class and I gave that a go as well. (laughs) I think I heard the pop-up choir. I went in, that might have been around 2015-16 and I thought, oh, is it for me? And then Eventually, then my supervisor also encouraging me to do it and, and there was a no-audition choir, which is very important.
5: I've been in the pop-up choir. This is my fifth, I think, year now, fifth or sixth. I'm 65 years old, bit of an old biddy, And I had been in choirs during my teenage years and also in musical productions and choirs in my 20s. But then along came, you know, career and family. And I opted out for decades, really, while I was immersed in that sort of thing. And then a very dear friend who had been involved for a little while already in the pop-up choir in Canberra was raving about it and saying, oh, we've got this amazing conductor and she's really great and you should come along. And I kind of felt really nervous about it at first because I hadn't done any singing for a long time time but I did go along and I have not stopped
0: going along unless you know something like COVID gets in the way. And then came COVID and almost overnight everything changed. By late March, as cases were growing across Australia, governments issued advice and imposed restrictions. Choirs across the nation stopped rehearsals. With the risks of COVID-19 being greater for older people and many choristers being in that demographic, choir leaders couldn't take any chances. Thankfully, there have been no known cases of people contracting COVID-19 as a result of singing in a choir in Australia. However, overseas, sadly, there have been some very prominent instances. In March this year, in the days following a choir performance in Amsterdam, 102 of 130 choristers fell ill with COVID-19, with one choir member dying, along with three partners – of choir members. Many other choristers ended up in intensive care. So when the pandemic hit and lockdown measures were put in place with choir rehearsals in limbo, how did people feel when face-to-face gatherings stopped?
5: Out of all the activities that I do, so other things like swimming and yoga and so on, that uh, I was unable to do during lockdown, choir was what I missed most of all. It was a real hole in my life. Oh! That was awful,
1: and it wasn't good. And anyway, I've walked, walked, and walked.
3: Well, I was singing round the house. It's not the same, though, is it? No. Yeah. Disconnection and isolation, and not being able to um, go
2: out and and see my
3: friends. Yeah. I missed whatever missive went out on the first day. We didn't have at the choir, so I went to the church hall as normal, and there was no one there. And I thought, oh so the lockdown restrictions have started to happen. So it kind of sunk in that I won't be seeing all those people again or Rachel again. Because we don't really socialise as choir members, I didn't really miss the social aspect of that. The, the rest of it that some other choristers might have. I did miss the fact that this is it, so everything's locking down and, you know, everything else started locking down after the choir started locking down.
1: Oh, I was quite upset and I understood why we had to keep the part, but is a huge part of my life, something that I really enjoy, really look forward to and I just love singing so much.
0: I felt quite sad about it all. While you weren't able to sing as part of a group, just singing on your own at home, did that fill any sort of gap? Well,
1: no, and I think I actually stopped singing altogether.
0: Manira was most concerned about the impact of the lockdown on her choir members. A lot of my choir members, you know, are quite upset about it. One lady who wanted us to meet on a regular basis, she said she wanted to sing, we'll meet again, don't know when, don't know when. So we don't know when. Meg, from a chorus of women, felt that the lockdown was silencing the voice of the people. Well,
4: I think... Particularly because we're seeing ourselves as a citizen's voice, it, it suddenly was something very challenging not to be able to collectively give that voice. I think particularly where there's that sense of using music and the arts as an end as well as, a, as just for personal enjoyment, we had to find other ways to express that.
0: That same predicament was faced by choirs around the world searching around for other ways to connect and express themselves. For many, that became a question of to Zoom or not to Zoom. For some choirs, going online using the ubiquitous Zoom enabled them to continue to meet and sing together, and this has worked after a fashion. Here's Chrissy Shaw again on her initial reaction to locking down and what came next.
6: I panicked at the beginning a little bit because I earned money from doing this and I thought oh I'm going to miss these people and within a week I had a workshop to work out how to run a zoom session with more than just one person talking I learned how to do it and both the Parkinson's choir and the hospital choir were really keen to keep going they didn't want to miss out so I think we only missed one week and then we were into it. It's not the same as everybody in the room singing. It is not. But it means that they are keeping on singing and they're keeping in touch with each other. I don't know with the hospital choir. I love them, but there's a kind of sense of loyalty with them, particularly because they want to keep the choir going and they know that by continuing to attend the Zoom sessions, they keep singing. It sort of becomes a bit of a sing-along except you can't hear anyone, because I can't hear them and I can't sort of fine-tune anything. With the Parkinson's choir, I think they realise the need to keep the voices going and to see each other, you know, because they always say hello to each other and we have a chat. So they're keeping connected absolutely keeping connected did you
1: feel that any of them thought well we want to keep going because the choir is your
6: livelihood
1: there was another choir i heard of in the blue mountains who actually didn't get together but they crowdfunded the money really the conductor because they kind of felt that she relied on their money from the choir and it was really nice that they
6: did that there could be a little bit of that in there. The hospital choir is funded by the hospital foundation. They were really keen to keep it going, knowing that once all of this danger has passed, whenever that may be, that we will be back in the foyer and back in the wards. The Parkinson's choir, I suggested that I take a lesser fee and I'm being supported partly by fees paid by the members, but also by Parkinson's ACT, and they seem to be really happy to keep that going. And I think it's just because it's a valuable activity for their members. I took a lesser fee for a while and then they said, no, we should really be paying you the full fee. So they're paying me the full fee, which is really lovely.
0: Each choir, along with each choir member, is unique and reactions to singing in the virtual world were mixed.
1: We actually had Zoom for a short time. But that wasn't ideal, although it was initially quite thrilling to see everybody. We could only have one person heard at one time, so that meant you couldn't hear anybody else singing, which it sort of defended the purpose of choir for me. Although I loved seeing everybody, I couldn't really talk to them. We had the alternative to join another choir on Zoom, but I really couldn't get into it. I was finding it too hard try and learn that way with a different choir, the people I didn't know.
5: For a little while, there was a trial of doing Zoom choir and I didn't ever tap into that. I just kind of thought, I hate Zoom meetings. (laughs) To be sitting there on your own and singing, even though you know
3: other people are doing exactly the same
5: thing, didn't quite cut it for me.
3: (laughs) We had one Zoom choir meeting, but it wasn't the same. I'm a very tactile phone conversation slash face-to-face meeting person. It was good to have a break, good to have your Thursday nights back and just to think about things, think about lockdown, you know, take up a new hobby, learn a new language, whatever people had left yeah.
0: to do. If the Zoom sessions had continued, that you would have persisted with them?
3: I think I would have. I mean, it's not the same, but I think just to see familiar faces because all I had was work. And even at work, 95% of people on my floor were working at home you know, suddenly people were not there and that included choir. But at least with Zoom, you could see people face to face.
0: For some choristers, like Carol, there were also concerns around the security of Zoom.
3: Well, I have to say, after the department did um, ban Zoom from their offices, etc., due to security concerns, I did uninstall Zoom. So I did have some security concerns about not just this, but other applications sucking your
0: information. With things thrown into disarray with the lockdown, Lyle was open to trying out online options for the Spence Community Choir.
7: Yeah, that was disappointing indeed. Um, we had plans for this year, but then we thought, uh, well, what can we do as an alternative? And, you know, everybody was Zooming um, meetings and things, and I heard about people Zooming choirs, but I also heard that that wasn't altogether successful, that uh, there were just dropouts and, and lags in um, the Zoom meetings, and to rehearse a choir in that way was you know, didn't really work very well.
0: Next week in our second and final part of Canberra Choirs Singing Through the Pandemic, we'll find out more from Manirat and Lyle about how the Spence Community Choir navigated the lockdown and the inspiring outcome that resulted. We'll also hear from Chrissy, Jen, Louise, Carol, Pam, Meg and Johanna who will talk about how they and their choirs adjusted to the COVID-19 lockdown and finally, how the choirs are now responding to the gradual easing of restrictions. We'll hear what's worked, what didn't, and some surprising and unexpected outcomes. We hope you can join us as we continue their story. And that brings us to the end of tonight's program. I hope you've enjoyed it. Stay listening to People Powered Radio 2XFM for more great programming. I'm Sophie Singh. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week.